acceptance, ownership, and the waning moon. Mother writes, Give to those who ask of you. Take from those who give. Give and take will make you learn. Own your journey, as only then will all gifts return. Do you own your time and space? Or do you allow the needs of other people to flood in where there should be barriers? Take out your special book and, on a new page, write down the names of all the people you believe need you. Once again, do not censor this. This is an exercise to bring your beliefs out onto paper, so you can put them in order. And when I talk about need, I mean those people who come to you first for help. If you have children, or are responsible for adults who physically or mentally cannot fend for themselves, their names do not belong on this list, as their need is legitimate. The people I'm talking about are the needy ones. I'm sorry if I seem harsh, but these are the emotional leeches. People who take without giving in return. And at this moment in time, you're allowing them to do this because it feeds a need in you. Write down their names and close the book for now. When I had given out pity to those who had given me pain, I found myself in a very strange place. I felt emptier without all the hate and history clogging up my mental space, and this emptiness was deep within me. I did not realise how dangerous this space is. Mother had not given me enough warning of the perils of this time, which is why I feel the need to warn you. Without all the hate and the history, you are in danger of falling into a trap. And this is the trap of trying to heal others, to make them better. A good trap, you might think at first, but it's a dangerous place to spend any time, believe me. Having healed myself, I felt empowered to pass this healing knowledge onto others. Okay, perhaps empowered is not the right word here. Perhaps arrogant is much more accurate. You see, I felt so wonderful and so strong having let go of the weight of history that I wanted to share this feeling. I knew that I could spot the others with a capital O, those whom I could help. The others were those whose eyes were hooded and looked inwards. Eyes like I used to have. I heard them in the countryside talking to their dogs. I saw them commuting in the packed tubes of the London Underground. I felt them next to me in the darkness of the theatre. So many others, and all with the same eyes. Eyes that had seen too much. Eyes that projected the same film over and over and over 
onto the screen of a private movie theatre, one seat only, and the best in the house for the others. One film, on continuous play, over and over again. I could help them. I knew I could. I wanted to share my freedom. And herein lay the danger. A very real danger to my progress to the source of magic. I had very quickly forgotten how far down I had to go before being willing to heal. I had deleted this from my mind and skipped over all the hard work I had to put in and straight on to the wonderful results I got from it. This was the danger for me. It had completely slipped my mind that one should never, ever offer a gift, especially one of that magnitude and life-changing power, to someone who hasn't asked for it. Think about it. You can have no idea where they are on their journey, and most of all, most of them will reject your offer and resent you for trying. You stand outside of their experience like an accusing evangelist, offering a new life, offering freedom. Learn from my mistakes. Some people are just not ready to be free. Some people do not believe they are captives of their past. Some people are happy as they are. It took me quite a while to accept this, but there are many people out there who did not want my brand of healing. And if they did not seek it out for themselves, they will reject it and mutilate themselves even further with your offer. Walk away. Do not offer help where it is unasked for. If someone asks, then that's a completely different matter. But don't try to help if no one asks you. You yourself will end up resentful and frustrated. I know. Been there, done that, and got the t-shirt, and frequently irritated many people along the way while I was doing it. And then there are the others. The ones who come into your life with gifts. Remember that you put it out there that you wanted help, so the help is appropriate and needed. These are the people who are willing to share their knowledge, their time and their energy with you because they understand the root of their own power. These are not passive people. These are activists. They may already have come into your life and you dismiss them as lucky or privileged. And because of this, you have chosen not to ask them for help. If they are as secure as they seem, they will not mind you asking. In fact, you will find that these are the people who enjoy sharing knowledge. They have accepted and understood that they not only own their power, their magic, if you will, but they understand that with rights come responsibilities. And what I mean is that they understand we all benefit from sharing knowledge and by building connections, building a web based on mutual understanding and respect. We all need help to achieve our full potential. This is a time to accept help from others and to value that help. And when you are ready, you will be prepared to pass it on to others. You become part of this web. And passing knowledge and help on 
forms part of the connections needed for the connections to thrive. Accepting help is part of owning your journey. Recognizing that from now on, no one is going to make you think or feel or do something which does not feel right for you. Now you're at a stage when you can think about doing this. You can open yourself up to receiving these gifts freely. I recognize that throughout my life there have been people who have tried to help me, help with time, money, patience and understanding, so many gifts and at the time I did not accept them in the spirit in which they were given. I either tried to pay them back with other gifts or I ended up resenting these people, thinking they were being condescending or that they were feeding their own sense of superiority by helping me. I do know that this was true for some of them, but for the most part, it was me who got it wrong. This happened to me because I feared the relationship in which I believed these gifts had placed me. I feared being beholden to someone else, and so I spoiled the gifts, even as they were given. It was almost as if I believed I did not deserve the benefit of these gifts which people were trying to give to me, so I deliberately screwed things up. I did not want these gifts to help me because I lived in the mistaken belief that if I didn't create the success all on my own, then it had no worth. Or that somehow, if I thrived by allowing others to help me, they would own my success and I would always be less than they were. I couldn't move away from comparing myself and my success with other people and what they'd achieved. Such a complete recipe for disaster. And so, a perfect set of self-fulfilling prophecies came about. I decided that people would not want to help me, and so they didn't. I allowed myself to resent the givers of gifts instead of being thankful, and in the end, people stopped trying to help me because it was all becoming so complicated and awkward. I created the situation where I was given no more help and persuaded myself to believe that that was the correct order of things. That all changed for me only after I asked for mother's help. When I called on her, I'd reached rock bottom. There was no one else in my life who would listen to me anymore. I'd pushed those who'd tried to help me as far away as possible and surrounded myself with people who needed things from me. People who took from me but did not give me anything exchange. I became the solitary principal giver. I wanted to be the one sitting at the top of the mountain, dispensing gifts to those who needed help. I mistook this for power. Yes, people came to me for help and I felt needed, but mother's words soon made me recognise that these people were feeding off me and that instead of growing powerful from their needs, I was allowing myself to be drained by them. There was a seductive danger in believing that you're the only person who could help someone with their problems, so seductive 
that if someone called on me for help, I'd drop whatever I was doing and go and help them. Of course they were grateful. Of course they praised me for their help. And all the while, my needs, my dreams, my path shriveled and grew pale through lack of nurture. For goodness sake, I didn't even have plants at home anymore, as I was never there to care for them. I needed guidance, and Mother gave it to me with her words. I had already pushed her aside when I was a child, but this time I came to her as a child would, helpless and crying. We all need guides in our lives, and before we can recognise the physical guides who will come into our lives, it's a good idea to identify, connect with, and open a channel of communication with our own inner guide. And so if you're ready, I'll show you a way to bring your guide from your inner world and make them heard in your outer space. Your space outside of your own head. And so, just before going to sleep tonight, you can enter a trance by counting from 300 to zero, using your out-breath to time each descending number. And when you reach zero, you can find yourself at the top of the stone steps once more. Don't worry if you feel as if you've drifted off you will still go through this process if you want to, even though you may have no recollection of doing it. And so from the stone steps, you can start to feel the familiarity of this place of nature. Walk down the steps until you find yourself back in the beautiful, peaceful, natural landscape. The fields and the mountains, hills and the meadows are all there just as you remembered them. You can become aware of the mountain top in the distance where you met your guide. Return to the mountains and once more meet with your guide. And this time you can ask them if they'll leave the mountain and come back with you. Come into your life. Wait for the answer. If the answer that comes back is no, ask for permission to visit them again in the mountains, in your sleep. If their answer is yes, and they are prepared to come with you now, ask your guide to lead 
the way back into your life. You can then follow your guide back down the mountain and into the valley. Notice that your guide carries a lamp with them, like the hermit in the tarot, lighting up your path so you can feel safe. Return to the stairs, and as you walk up the stairs, you become aware of bringing your guide into your daily life. You start to feel that you're no longer alone. And then, when you return to the top of the stairs, you can open your eyes, and afterwards, rest for a moment, and think about this experience. So do this whenever you're ready, do it now if you like, or just before you sleep, tonight. If for any reason your guide did not come with you this time, don't worry. They'll come to you in your sleep and in your dreams and in your dream time. And when you need a sign that you're on your way to the source, you will hear their voice and see their signs. You will feel their presence. It will happen for you when you're fully ready. And then once again, you can open your special book, take your pen and start writing. Write down any feelings or thoughts that you may have as a result of this experience. Take time over this. There may be more things that you want to write down than you would have expected. Don't censor yourself. Just write everything down that comes into your mind. And tonight, you will rest and you will sleep deeply and well. You've invited your guide, you could even say your higher self, into your life. You'll become aware of their voice and their guidance more and more each day. That's not to say you'll always want to listen. The likelihood is that you'll not be fully prepared for how it feels to have a guiding voice telling you what to do, think and feel. You may, as I did, start to feel you're being treated like a child and in response you'll probably start behaving like one. I thought that having a guide in my life would make it easier and that everything they said would be nice and encouraging and it would mean that they'd only tell me things I wanted to hear. You know what I mean. I thought that having a guide would be like having my ego massaged whenever I needed it. Yeah, right. You try having a discussion with a 500-year-old witch. You can't ever win. The fact is that the reason you need a guide is simply because you wandered off course in the first place. So a guide will dictate how and when and what you should be doing. Once again, I repeat, you have a choice. You can either listen and find that decisions get simpler, or you can bridle and argue with them and lose the path again. Your guide carries the light of experience of treading the path to the source. They know the way. 
And what is more important, they know the right way for you. When you feel the presence of your guide, listen and pay attention to what they tell you. In doing so, you will travel light and fast. And most important of all, you'll travel in the right direction. Mother writes, Learn stillness and study those around you. Accept all new information. The time to filter comes later. Allow others to feed and nurture you. Start to seek out like-minded people and let the others thrive with your neglect. Time now for a closure ritual. Open the circle. Light your candle. Clear your mind by taking three deep breaths and allow your thoughts to flow towards the centre of this gentle light. Open your special book at the page where you wrote down the names of your needy connections. Take your special pen and draw a line through each one in turn. And as you do, silently say to yourself, With this act, I free you to find your own path. I will help you best now by standing back and letting you help yourself. When you've done this, close the book, close your eyes, and once more go into the heart of the flame with your thoughts and slowly bring yourself back to the here and now. Open your eyes and rest for a while. You will very soon notice that those around you who took up your time and energy needlessly with their neediness will change. By changing your reactions to their requests, you will allow them to grow and develop, something which you were not allowing them to do when you used to do everything for them. A lot of people learned this during COVID, when they couldn't travel to people, when they couldn't do things. It's amazing what people can do when they have to. It's only by standing back and letting others make their own mistakes that they grow from child to adult in thoughts, feelings and actions. And you know, some of them won't grow and that's not your fault. That's not your problem. Your needy friend may even become a true friend from this act. And those who reject your new strength and want you to continue to serve their needs are not true friends. Cut them loose. They're on a different journey from you.
Times when we are.